Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Tildak and Dushine experience recognition and the Wolf Riders debate staying with the gliders. That's today on Just Another Fanboy, episode number 225, Elf Quest, part 12. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, my name is Stephen and yeah, it's time for some more Elf Quest. We're looking at issue number 12 of the original Quest, which was published in February of 1982 by Warp Graphics. It was written by Wendy and Richard Peeney with art by Wendy Peeney. Now, when last we left our elfin heroes, they had brokered a uneasy peace with the gliders of Blue Mountain. These are the elves that are living inside Blue Mountain, who had enslaved some of the Wolf Riders at one point previous to this issue. But after some talking and some negotiations, the leader of the gliders, Lord Vol, he agreed to uh, a a truce, a peace. He was uh, under the impression that there not only were no other elves out there, but there were no elven children, that even if there were elves still outside the world of the Blue Mountain, they were all dying off, that they were the last of their kind, that there were no elves being born into the world. And Cutter and Lita brought in their two cubs, Suntop and Ember, and showed, nope, look at these two, two kids, two elven children. And so Lord Vol's all like, all right, dudes, you can come hang with us, check out the crib, you know, chill out in a blue mountain. Maybe we could watch some TV, Netflix and chill. That was so stupid. Anyway, as the previous issue ended, Cutter had been explaining that they were on a quest to find other elves and possibly the high ones. And Winnow Will, who eh, we can all agree is probably quite evil. I don't think they're hiding that fact. She explains to the elves that they are the high ones. The gliders are the high ones. The wolf riders don't quite know if they want to believe that. Suntop looking up at Winnow Will, remembers the warning that Sava, the images that Sava had put in his mind. If y'all remember, Cutter and Skywise left the Sun Village where the Sun Folk lived, where the, the Wolf Riders ended up after their home was burned to the ground. They left to go out on this quest to find other elves. And after they had been gone for a while, Sava, she's like the, the mystic of the, the Sun Folk. She would go out in an astral form of some sort and keep an eye on Cutter and Skywise and look ahead, 
look forward in their journey to see if any danger might await them. And something happened to her and she was basically injured in her mind. She's just, she's catatonic at this point. It's like she's in a coma. Suntop, who seems to have been manifesting the same types of magical abilities that Sava has, he crawls up into her lap, puts his forehead against her forehead, and he sees these images. A hammer breaking Cutter's sword uh, under the direction of somebody. There's a, a, a long, slender hand pointing to the hammer, like, break that sword. There is a, a, a pair of eyes that also make up the wings of a, of a moth. And when Suntop looks up at Willow, he basically, he tells Cutter, he's like, the picture and feeling Sava gave to me to give to you, remember, the evil thing is near us. And we all know it's Winnow Well. We know that. Come on. Again, they're not trying to hide that. But Cutter, Cutter's like, all right, boy, slow down. Take a breath. He do, he doesn't quite, I don't know if he just doesn't want to believe his son or or what. He, I, he may just be so obsessed at this point with finding other elves, bringing a, a, you know, a piece. He, he wants to basically, his dream is to find all the other elves in the world and bring them together and live in peace and harmony and sing and dance and hold hands and all that junk. So at this point, he may just be, I mean, he just, he just kind of dismisses Suntop. He's just like, I mean, he doesn't, he listens to him and he just dismisses him basically. In fact, he actually, he crouches down, he puts his arm around Suntop and he's like, look at them, Suntop. And he's looking at Tildak and Winnowell and he's like, you don't have to be afraid of them, but you know, Tildak is been mutated to have wings for arms and he's got a big fin on top of his head and he's got claws for feet. But he tells Suntop, even if they are the high ones, they have no power over you. They can't hurt you. Your mother and I won't let them. So he's, he's feeling pretty brazen. He's pretty confident that if, if, if the evil that Suntop is sensing or the, that uh, Sava warned him about to warn Cutter about, even if it's here in Blue Mountain, Cutter feels confident enough that uh, ain't going to hurt him. He's freaking Cutter. He's got a freaking sword. He's part wolf, or he's got the wolf blood in him. He's the blood of 10, ten chiefs. He's the, the chief of the wolf riders. Ain't nothing going to touch him or his kids, not if he has anything to say about it. And so with almost this brazen cockiness, he just decides, let's just chill here for a bit. But some of the other elves, they're not quite sure what they want to do. I mean, the fact of the matter is, they were being held against their will and forced to do the glider's bidding until Cutter and the others came and rescued them. And at one point, Cutter actually asks, he notices that one of them is missing. Dushine, his little cousin, is missing and wants to know why she didn't come when he sent, you know, he sent his, uh, his uh, psychic summoning to all of them. Well, we find Dushine at this point. She's, she's elsewhere within Blue Mountain. She's standing over a cage that's holding Petalwing. If you remember, Petalwing is a preserver. We met Petalwing earlier in the book, just a few issues back. Petalwing and her uh, the, the other preservers can spit cocoons, basically, and wrap living beings in these cocoons and put them to sleep and basically preserve them for, for years at a time. And Petalwing wants out. Once out of the cage, the cage is actually part of the table. It looked like it looks like a rock shaper basically had shaped part of the table to be a cage and there's no door. 
And Dew shines like, I would like to let you out, but there's there's no door. The bars are made of stone, and I'm afraid that if I tried to break the stone open, I would hurt you. And Petal Wing's like, no, 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 hit it, hit it. Come on, smash, smash. I'm very strong. You can't hurt me. And But then somebody's coming, so Dew shine hides, and we see Winnowill and Tildak come in. And uh, Winnowill is telling Tildak, basically, it's a good thing you caught this preserver before Lord Vol saw the thing. Um, she She's starting to under, realize that uh, with the inclusion of the Wolf Riders now into Blue Mountain, even though even though Lord Vol is the leader of the gliders, he's been pretty content to just sit and chill and do nothing at all. And in essence, she has been controlling the gliders through him, Winnowill has. But now ever since the Wolf Riders have suddenly shown up, it's like Lord Vol, there's a spark within him now. And if he sees the, a preserver... It's going to remind him of older, better days when he was younger and, you know, young and full of beans. And he might want to get up and go out and do things. And he might want to get up and go out and do things like see the world and all that junk. So they're keeping the knowledge of the preserver from Lord Vol. Of course, Dushine is there to hear all of this. And she is discovered. We don't quite understand yet why she is in Tildax Chambers why she didn't go to the Wolf Riders when they sent their their sending. Uh, but we can kind of guess based on this conversation between Winnowill and Tildak when when they discover Dushine there, he uh, uh, Winnowill kind of berates him for letting her run loose in his chambers. And Tildak says, you know, I don't own her. She's not a part of me. And Winnowill tells him, then do what you must with her and be rid of her. And so... We might believe at this point that maybe maybe there's a little bit of recognition here between these two, which if you don't remember, recognition is something that is built into the elves to kind of help propagate their species. They don't quite, I don't remember if they explain that it's something new that happened when they came to the world of two moons, because in essence, as far as the story is concerned, the elves are aliens. They come from another planet. They were floating, you know, flying through space in some kind of starship, and they landed. They they were going to land on this world of two moons. The starship can transform; it can it can change its shape into whatever uh, the the elves want it to look like. And they made it look like a palace, basically. And and so they they refer to it, and then they crashed, basically. And the 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 elves that are still living refer to it as the palace of the high ones. But recognition is this thing deep within their souls that. Uh, force ultimately elves to procreate with each other. They have each each elf has within them a a mate that once they meet, this whole recognition thing kind of snaps into place, and then they're they're ultimately they're forced to mate to propagate their species, and that's what's going on here with uh, we assume with Dushine and Tildak. That's what happened with Lita and Cutter, and they ended up. Um, of course, giving into it, but then they found something deeper within that recognition, which we would call love. And they have decided to stay together for the rest of their lives. They 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 are in love with each other. They are life mates, basically. Uh, others, they don't. That doesn't quite happen to them. But especially here with Dushine and Tildak, it seems. So the elves, the Wolf Riders, are taken to a uh, a torchlit grotto, as the, as the book says. It's like this place with a little pool and and uh little little uh terraces for them to hang out on and they're taking baths and they're just chilling and 
they are discussing what they're going to do now. And Dushine finally shows up. And once Dushine is there, they can they can start uh, discussing what they want to do. And basically, the the topic of discussion at this point is, do we want to stay here with these gliders? They've invited us to live with them. Do we want to do that? Nobody is really sure what they want to do. Strongbow is very much opposed to staying there. Of course, he was tortured by Winnowill. He's the one that shot down one of the great birds that the the gliders fly on. Uh, to the wolf riders, it would be the same uh, if somebody had killed one of their wolves. They they would they would retaliate to to them. Uh, you know, if if you kill one of their wolves, your punishment is death. And that's basically what the gliders believe as well. But Winnowill took it a, a step too far and kept Strongbow in a cage and mentally tortured him with with uh, psychic assaults and whatnot. And uh, did I say assaults or assaults? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Strongbow does not want to stay there. He feels that by staying there, they will become uh, Winnowill's pets. And he reminds them of something that they refer to as the way. It is basically how they live. They're, they're the, the way uh, the wolf riders live with nature. They hunt. They, you know, they... What it says here is uh, when, as he's reminding him, he's telling them, but remember how it was before the fire, when the holt was green, when we knew who we were. Remember the hunts and the howls, the taste of fresh blood shared with our forest brothers. Remember how seldom we worried about tomorrow. We lived like wolves and we knew our territory and we defended it. And that's what he wants to get back to. That's, he's a very stubborn, stuck in his ways kind of person and Cutter is very much a, he's very much the opposite to that. Cutter wants a better life for the, the people that he leads. And he feels that by uh, finding more elves, uh, it's, it's going to open up the world a little bit more and give them a better life. Well, they're interrupted. Tildak flies in and he basically just kind of stands there looking at Dushine until Dushine goes off with him. And that's when it's confirmed it is recognition. So with Dushine gone, they kind of have to stop their little council. They have to, you know, just, they, they have to wait for Dushine and Tildak to do their thing. And while they're waiting, Lita goes off to do a little bit of exploring and she runs across door. Now there is a, a, a doorway within Blue Mountain that leads to the outside and it is completely sealed. It's basically a wall, solid rock perched above this door on a throne that's like on a, on a carving of a, of a, of a great bird is an elf. That's just named door. This elf, the purpose of this elf they're they're only, it, lo- it looks like a, a female, her only job, her only source of existence is sitting there above this door and opening and closing it. It's she, she is a rock shaper. So she uses her powers to open uh, a, a hole within the, within the wall, a doorway so that people can, come in and out, but it's typically Winnowill that commands door to open. So the elf just sits up there almost comatose. And, uh, Lita asks door if door knows where, where Dushine went. Of course, door doesn't answer. She moves further into the mountain and she comes across another elf who is sitting in a stone chair and he has his hand on the wall and he like door is just sitting there in a, a comatose way Lita is able to walk up to him because he's not way up high above a doorway like Dor was. He's he's sitting on the ground or ground level. 
And she's, she's talking, she's, she's asking him the same questions I'm looking for do shine. And then she realizes that he's basically just sitting there comatose. He breathes, his heart beats, but he's as still as death. That's when Winnowill shows up and she tells Lita, his name is Brace. They have found that there's a weakness in the stone of the archway that they're, that they're walking through. And Brace is a stone shaper. He's a rock shaper that's just sitting there and he prevents the collapse of this tunnel. He is attuned to minute shifts of stress, which he corrects. And that's all he does. That's a pretty messed up existence for some of these elves that are living in this blue mountain. Well, Winnowill kind of takes Lita away and she's, she's just trying to, I, I don't know what, I don't know what her purpose is here. She's kind of telling Lita that, uh, she's been thinking about Cutter and how he, he, you know, he is Lita's life mate and he has this great dream and she wants to know, you know, she feels like now that you all have come here and that you've met the high ones, his quest is complete, right? And Lita's like, well, that, that's not necessarily so. And Winnowill, basically, she's like, well, you know, Cutter and his people, they're very wild. You are you seem a little bit more civilized. Um, they see uh, Dushine and Tildak from a balcony. And Winnowill is telling Lita that she she kind of foresees that that the Wolf Riders will want to leave at some point. They're not going to stay. And that when they decide to return to the forest, of course, Lita will go with her and even Dushine will leave at that point as well. And Lita is very confused about this recognition between Dushine and Tildak because she, when she sees Tildak, she sees a monster because he is, he's mutated. Winnowill explains to her that no, Tildak is an, an elf just like the rest of us, but he came to her at one point and, you know, when he looked like a regular elf and he begged her to change his, to, to reshape his body so that he could fly just like the birds. And, and she says, it's, it's, you know, it's no different than rock shaping. It's a form of healing. And she just reshaped his body so that he has these wings instead of arms and a, and a fin on his head to help steer, I guess, and whatnot. Well, at that point, a couple of the other gliders enter and they have this, so these furs with them. And it's something that uh, Winnowill had asked them to make for Cutter as a gift. And uh, Lita finds Cutter and he puts on the new clothes and he, you know, it fits very well. And she thinks that it's the, the softest, sleekest fur she's ever touched. And so while they're being a little bit romantic, Skywise is hanging out and one of the, the gliders come up to her and uh, the gliders have the ability. Some of them at least have the ability to fly. And so she's kind of like floating by, and Skywise says, I wish I could do that. And she says, oh, do you? You seem a little too squat and clumsy. And so he does some some gymnastics in front of her. And she finds it kind of cute. And then they start kind of hitting on each other. They're flirting. And her name is Aurori. And uh, Skywise is really turning on the charm here. He's hoping to get a little something, something started. But instead, she takes him flying. They they go out. You know, they're, they're, they're near the, the upper most parts of the mountain, it's like, you know, a single peak and they, they go out onto a ledge and she whistles and her, her bird flies down and she takes him flying. And at first Skywise is like, this is not what I had in mind. I was hoping for a little something, something, but he ends up just, it almost changes his life being up there in the sky. You know, he's always, he's, he's always been very interested in 
I mean, his name is Skywise. He's always been very interested in in uh, stars and and anything that happens in the night sky. And he notices that while he's up very high up there with her, and they're they're you know just flying out over the land. And I think at one point they say that the the world uh, becomes uh, both smaller and larger for him. Uh, he realizes that as high up as they are, they they still don't seem to be any closer to the stars than when he's on the ground. But at one point, they 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 fly over to the village, the human village that have made their homes there at the the foot of the mountains. Who they uh, they worship the gliders as bird spirits. And uh, Aurori throws down a spear as a gift to them. But eventually, you know, they they fly over over a part of the ocean which she calls the vast deep water. She says it begins here, but I don't think it ever ends. Uh, but eventually they go back to the mountain and she leaves him standing there on the, you know, on this ledge looking out over the world because he's just like, she, she you know, she asks him well, and he goes, would you just let me be alone just for a while, please? It's like this, this trip, just being up there in the air like that, it's, it's changed him. And it's, it, he, he, he just needs a moment to just, take in everything, you know, that, that he has seen. And, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's changed him in a good way. He's, he's very, I mean, it looks like he's about to cry. He's so, uh, overjoyed by, by, uh, you know, being closer to the world than he was before. He, he seems to know a little bit more about this world that they live on that maybe he didn't know half an hour ago. Well, eventually the Wolf Riders council resumes and, and they decide, Cutter decides that they might as well stay for a little while. They can't leave uh, while Dushine and, you know, until Dushine and Tildak do whatever it is they're going to do, they can't leave until that's done. And Scouter, who is who is about Dushine's age, he's like madly in love with her, uh, but they don't have a have recognition between the two of them. He's not leaving without her. And so Cutter decides we might as well stay, you know, while... While that's happening, you know, there's, we can't go anywhere right now without her. So we might as well stay. Well, Strongbow, he's no, he didn't want any of that. Something about Strongbow, I'm sure I've talked about it before, but he never talks out loud. The elves are all, they all can speak to each other in their minds. They call it sending. It's telepath. It's telepathic communication. And that's the only way Strongbow communicates. He, for this entire story, and as far as we know, for as long as he's been alive, he made a choice at some point to stop talking out loud. He all does it. He does it all in his mind. And he he does not want to stay. And so he and his life mate, Moonshine, they decide to to leave. Before that, however, they hear the wolves outside howling. And the Skywise puts his ear up to the wall and he realizes that one of the wolves that's out there howling with them is Starjumper who has left who had left the pack for a little bit and he left the pack because night runner which is cutter's wolf had gotten old uh too old to the point that basically night runner is was no longer welcome within the pack and he had to go out and live the rest of his life on his own and star jumper accompanied him to uh you know to a certain point and then came back and by recognizing that star jumpers Howl is out there with the rest of them. They know that Night Runner at this point has either already passed or, of course, he's out there on his own. And so the wolves, the wolves and the wolf riders all share in a howl for Night Runner. Once that's done, Strongbow's like, all right, I'm out. 
And he and Moonshade go to the, the front door, which is door, where door is. We talked about door already. Door only opens for Winnow Will, but Strongbow sends his command at her, you know, through his brain, to through his mind, through his telepathic abilities to open the door. And it's such a forceful sending that eventually he just bombards her with this sending that eventually door opens for him and he and Moonshade leave. As door is closing, however, Strongbow sends to them, you'll change your minds. I know it. You'll come back to the wolves. Come back. We'll wait for you below in the woods. We will wait. And so the issue ends with Strongbow and Moonshade walking away from the mountain and Dushine overhearing a whispered conversation between Tildak and Winnowill. And it's about the preserver, Petalwing. They are going to kill Petalwing because if Vol sees her, then he's, again, he's already gotten this spark. He's already starting to, you know, he's got these wolf riders around. There's there's young elves and he's starting to feel young again. And he may want to leave the mountain and do some exploring. And Winnowill can't have that. She is... She is in control. She's going to remain in control and she's going to do what she can to keep Vol just basically freaking sedated, you know, just uh, feeling like an old man or an old elf who uh, is satisfied just basically doing nothing within the mountain. And so with this overheard conversation about how the, the preserver, Petal Wing, has to die, the, the, the issue is finished. Um this was a fun issue. This, t- this told us how Tildak came to be because, you know, you read this for the first time and it's like, holy crap, look at this dude. He's weird. He's, he's got a big fin on his head and he's, his arms are, are freaking wings and he's got these claws for, for feet. He's basically like almost half elf, half bat. That's what he looks like because his wings are made from his own flesh. His, you know, everything is, is him. And, up to this point, you just, you know, as, as, especially as a kid, when I first read this, it's like, what is going on with this guy? Why, why is he so different? What is it about him? You know, what is, is he a completely different race of elves? Are there other elves like him? And this is the issue we find out. No, he's, he's entirely unique. He looked like a regular elf at one point and Winnowill using her healing powers shaped his flesh so that he could fly. And it, Makes me wonder if she also hollowed out his bones to make him lighter and and all that junk. And I don't know if they ever answer that specific question. But this is, you know, we we learn more about uh, Tildak and Winnowill in this issue. And we're left with a, a sense of foreboding for the elves. We're left feeling that Strongbow and Moonshade were the only ones that made the smart decision. Granted, I understand the others, they, they can't, they don't want to leave without Dushine, So they're staying at least for her, but it's just, it's just great how this series we're 12 issues in at this point. I think uh, the original series, the original quest was 20 issues, but there's just every, every issue almost, it's like more of the world. It just opens up more and more. And uh, by this point, I remember certain key story points that are going to be coming up in the future, but I'm still just enjoying the crap out of this book. There's still a lot of stuff that I don't quite remember. Um, And then, of course, once we get past the original quest, it's going to be fairly all new stuff to me. Um, But there's just so much coming up. There's just so much that they put in these 20 issues that just, again, as a kid, it just freaking dazzled my mind. It just, 
it just uh, fed my imagination and I'm having just as much fun with it now. Uh, you know, I, if y'all are reading, let me know if, if, if you want to read it and you don't want to go out and find the books, you can go to elfquest.com. You can read all of these issues for free right there on elfquest.com. The versions that I'm reading are uh, versions that were put out by Dark Horse and they're all in their original black and white. But the pages that they have up on elfquest.com have all been colored. So, you know, if you read them over there, they're all full color. Whereas I'm reading just straight up black and white. Uh, There are no shades of gray or anything. It's just all pen and ink, basically. Um, But that's the way it was originally published. And and, uh, it does not in any way take from the joy or the enjoyment of the story itself. But if you're reading, let me know. Send me an email feedback at justanotherfanboy.com. If you guys listened to yesterday's episode, I have been given all of the old episodes of Just Another Fanboy that ran from 2006 to 2009. I'm going to be putting those up every once in a while. This week, I'm going crazy with it because I want to have fun, kind of celebrate the fact that I have these episodes back that I haven't that myself I haven't myself listened to in probably 15 years. Um, and so I, I'm calling them JAF classics or just another fanboy classics. And I put the first episode out on Monday. Second episode is going to come out on Wednesday. And then the third episode will come out on Friday. Following that, you might just get a new episode every Friday. I haven't quite decided yet. It just depends on if I have time to listen to the episode. Cause I, I, I have, I, I record something for the, you know, something new for the beginning and something new for the end just so I can kind of reminisce about what was going on back then. And uh, so I need to be able to listen and make notes and talk about, you know, well, here's the first time I started doing this. And here's when I re- realized that I could do this and and just kind of, you know, I think they will be fun uh, to listen to, to see how I grew as a podcaster. But one of the things I always did back then was there was a segment called listeners feedback. And I would love to start doing that here uh, with, with, well, the new version of just another fanboy, which kicked off in 2019. So I just need to make sure I have a good email address for that to happen. Cause it used to be just another fanboy at gmail.com, but I can no longer access that. Google won't let me into it anymore. And somebody else seems to have control over it because I had set up an auto forward. So I still, if an email gets sent there, I still get the email. So, I mean, technically I guess you could you can send to just another fanboy at gmail.com. I'll, I should still get it until whoever has it figures that out and turns off the, the auto forward. But uh, yeah, I want to do listeners feedback. I want to, you know, right now there's so many places that you guys can talk about the episodes on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And rather than try to collect all that from all those different places, I would just like to have one place to say, look, if you want to provide feedback about the episode, talking points, whatever, and you want me to read it out on the show, send it to this email. So we'll get something like that hooked up by the end of the week. I'll, I'll have something ready for you by the end of the week. Uh, that's it, folks. ElfQuest issue number 12. That means issue number 13 is going to be coming soon. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back into a regular schedule where I try to do these episodes at least once a month. So hopefully in February, we'll be talking about issue number 13. And we're going to see what's What's going to happen with the Wolf Riders at this point? Was their decision to stay behind and hang out with the gliders? Was that a good idea? Probably not. We'll find out next time. Uh, As far as what's coming up next for just another fanboy, like I said, you're probably going to get another JAF classic tomorrow with the original episode number two. 
And then we have part two of my talk with indie nerdcore rapper and super Wheel of Time fan, Sulfur. And we'll wrap up our discussion of the Wheel of Time season one. That'll be on Thursday. And then Friday, uh, hopefully you'll get the original episode number three from Just Another Fanboy 2006. Sound good? Sounds good to me. That's what you got. That's what's coming. Hang on to your butts, like they would say in Jurassic Park. But really, folks, I'm just trying to find a a natural way to wrap this up and get to the part where I say, until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.